This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. I'm Helen Farmer. Fantastic to have you with us on the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. And once again, Happy New Year. We can't talk January without talking resolutions or intentions, depending on which word you use. And we brought together a whole host of experts about how to have your best year yet. From looking at it from a health perspective with personal trainer and weight loss coach Hania Mahmood, at the psychology side with Dr. Thuraya, clinical psychologist, fitness expert Nikki Holland was on hand. Talk about why losing fat might not be the best plan this year and the importance of self-love, how it can impact all aspects of your life. Plus, a true inspiration, the man whose passion for rescuing street dogs in Thailand has turned his life around. It is January, so of course we're talking resolutions. Is that a bit of a dirty word to you? Is that not really your thing? Is you more about intentions or maybe you're going to throw the whole thing out the window? You know New Year, New You. You're quite good as you are, thank you very much. And stop breathing down my neck with a chore list. Whatever your concerns are or thoughts are, get in touch. I've had a number of you asking for some help, actually, when it comes to your intentions. So... We're bringing in the experts, Dr. Thurai, clinical psychologist, joining us live from the Human Relations Institute and Clinic. Dr. T, we all need some help. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year, Helen. How are you doing? I'm great, actually, to be honest. I I don't think my mum's watching or listening. She might be, actually. It's on Facebook. Um, I'm really glad to be back in Dubai, to be truthful, after a week in, in the UK. I loved seeing family, but the weather and the dark and mm. the general attitude did get me down a little bit. So I'm really, just really glad to be back in the routine and the you know sun is shining and a few lovely clouds in the sky. So I'm, I'm great. How are you doing? And dare I ask, have you set any resolutions or intentions? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I have not set any resolutions. Uh, I do have some intentions for this year. Um, and that usually happens on a yearly basis, because I like to reflect on the year before and kind of look at what have I done, what I've, what haven't I done, mm-hmm. and then I say to myself, okay, let me see if I can pull this off this year. Oh, I love that. I'm, I'm not one for resolutions as such either. We're going to talk about the difference between resolutions and intentions, but the best. I guess intention I made was a few years ago, and it was just to take action. It was purely that. So if I'm going to give a really stupid example, but like if a, I needed to get a shoe repaired rather than it kind of sitting in the boot of my car for a month, I would just take it to the cobbler and get it repaired and just not have things hanging over me. That was, that was, that was a really productive year and I like being productive. For this year, I'd like to have a bit of a creative project or focus, something outside mm-hmm. of work. I want to learn something, upskill a little bit and I wonder if actually if anyone, if anyone knows of any good volunteering opportunities, I would love to spend some time kind of giving back a little bit. Just, so if you know anything, please let me know on 4001. We've also said I've got lots of, lots of you getting in touch, needing a bit of help with your resolutions, but also sharing. Um, Neil saying, my New Year's resolution is to stop my 18-year-old brain writing checks my 51-year-old body can't cash. <laughs> 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 Learning something new, Weight loss, we were talking about earlier. Um, so what do we know, Thraya, about the history or the tradition of resolutions at this time of year? Well, I mean, with 
with resolutions, usually people tend to focus on these personal goals. They, they, they focus on, on promises and along the way, resolutions have become a bit vague, a bit, you know, a bit too ambitious at times and unrealistic because what ends up happening is that people tend to look at what they didn't achieve the year before. And it's, it's, it comes from a very kind of negative perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's and it and it's very goal oriented. So it's very outcome oriented. You're looking at okay, I didn't do this this year. I want to do this this year, and this is exactly what I need to get done. And unfortunately, what happens with that is that that mindset actually puts you at a very critical and judgmental level to start the year off, which is really the worst way to start off the year. Mm-hmm. I mean. I say this as someone who has done two spin classes in the last two days. So I'm a massive hypocrite when I say when I say I'm all about moderation. <laughs> I felt the need to move after being on a plane and eating like two kilos of cheese. Um, but I think I think that it, that unrealistic word I think is so so important because we have these high expectations of ourselves or our future selves that, like Neil's saying, that our bodies our bodies can't cash. And right. you know this at this time of year as well, we've probably had a really busy hectic social season. We're probably a broke, truth be told, between gifting and gathering. Um, and to go in like you know pedal to the metal January. This is this is the whole new me. I'm gonna you know do X Y Z and. Can we not? I think we just need to kind of a bit of a bit of moderation, perhaps. So, difference between resolutions and intentions. Then, can you clarify that for us? Well, I would say that resolutions are very outcome focused, whereas um, intentions are. They come from a place of compassion, a place of growth, and a place place of grace. Grace, mm-hmm. where you're kind of giving yourself an opportunity to make mistakes, recognize that you're human, not put so much pressure on yourself, and 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 intentions are more process oriented rather than outcome oriented. So, a lot of people, let's say for weight loss, they'll start off with, "I want to lose ten kilos." Let's say the first first six months of the year. And so that's their focus. Whereas for for an intention is I let's say I want to start cooking more in the house or I want to order out less or I want to eat healthier. Mm-hmm. So it's more process oriented than it is that goal, that one specific thing. Because what ends up happening is that it's almost like a perfectionist mindset where you're giving yourself only a 1% success rate and a 99% failure rate with resolutions, whereas with intentions, you're actually succeeding regardless what you do, as long as you're headed in the same direction. I like it. I like it a lot. We've got a lot of messages on this topic. Um, Christoph saying, I spend quite a lot of time thinking about and planning for the future. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I do need to focus a bit more on being present in the present, less worrying, more living, I guess. Christoph, I think that's a great one. I think I really, I love that. And I think a lot of people have felt that over the last few years. There's this, you know, chaos and uncertainty and so much going on and life kind of passing us by a little bit. So, yeah, I think being present's a brilliant one. Um, Mandy, really want to be a better mum, less irritable, more attentive, and hopefully, hopefully I can be that this year. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Less irritable, you know, more attentive. I noticed that a lot of these resolutions or a lot of these intentions have value statements, which can be very critical. So when you say, I want to be a better mom, or I want to do this better, it's it's already you're starting off with judgment and criticism rather than just kind of say, you know, I want to maybe work on myself. And it's something that's a lot more compassionate and more mm-hmm. growth oriented. 
And I would say, Mandy, to anyone who's worried about being a better mum, the fact you're worrying about it already means you're a brilliant parent. So we are going to be going to the text line next. Um, message here saying, Hi, Dr. T. Happy New Year. My resolution for the year is to set healthy boundaries. Any advice, please? And I don't know if Dr. T can help you, Mina. Mina wants to stop looking at her phone all night. All advice gratefully received. Tell you what, Mina, if you find the answer pass it my way. Let's see what Dr. Thraya has got to say. If you've got any questions, want to share resolutions, intentions that you've made for this year that have been really good for you in the past, get in touch. You don't need to put your name on if you'd rather not. 4001 is the SMS. You've got the ARN Play app and you've got the WhatsApp too. Up next, some tips for setting those intentions and making them stick too. Joining us live on the line is Dr. Thraya, clinical psychologist from the Human Relations Institute and Clinic. And we are talking about the year ahead, intentions, resolutions, what makes, I don't want to say bad ones, but perhaps what makes more realistic, achievable, ones that are going to make you feel good rather than feel like a failure. Um, And we're hearing from you as well. If you want to let us know about any resolutions or intentions that you've made in the past or anything that you're hoping for for the future, get in touch. 4001. You can use the ARN Play app and you've got the WhatsApp too. Marianne saying, hi both. Uh, 2023 goal to be the best version of myself, both mentally and physically, which includes not allowing people to take me for granted anymore. It means letting people go so I can focus on the people and things that are important to me. Um, ideally, I want this to be a lifestyle change rather than resolution as I tend to strike out on exercise. So about creating a daily routine and one day a week to do anything I want. Marianne. Love it. Dr. T, no name on this message, saying, uh, Hi, Dr. T, Happy New Year. My resolution for the year is to set healthy boundaries. Any advice, please? This is a show in itself. But for anyone that might have recognised, we were talking about self-love and self-respect earlier in the show today. For anyone that's recognised that they might need to make some changes with whether it's their boundaries with themselves or with other people, um, how can we take some baby steps to perhaps affect some big change, Dr. Thryer? Well, I would say start off with recognizing what your values are, because essentially, once you start to understand what you value as a human being, you'll start to understand what kind of boundaries you need to be setting with other people. But more than anything, and this is something I talk about all the time, because I absolutely love boundaries. um, But there's a phenomenal book called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. So if there's any advice I can give, it would be to grab that book and read that book, because that book is just amazing when it talks about the different boundaries, why we don't set boundaries, and how we can set boundaries with different people in different situations. Mm, We were talking about setting boundaries with um children actually yesterday and it was a a really interesting analogy about how children need boundaries and that's not about being super super strict or disciplinarian necessarily but about how you know boundaries are where people meet and boundaries are where children can have understanding and expectations about what a day might involve or what a relationship might entail and it's the same for us as well you know it really really is we think boundaries can be such a positive thing and um the work one i think is really interesting because this has come up in a couple of messages b saying i work in pr and it's non-stop i love my job but it's eating into my family time i want to set boundaries starting this year but I'm afraid about my job. Please advise. I think that's a really interesting point as well because sometimes, sometimes we we do be, we you know have certain behaviours because we're afraid because we're worried about consequences on the other side. There's an authority figure or there's a threat of something. Um, so when it comes to setting boundaries with bosses, perhaps in particular, Doctor Thryer, what and any insights there? 
Actually, you know, fear and guilt are the two most significant deterrents of boundaries. And what usually people will tell me is that I'm scared, for instance, to lose my job. I'm, I'm scared to lose my partner if I set certain boundaries. And I say, well, you know, you have to kind of think to yourself what's more important. Is it more important that you kind of stay true to yourself and authentic and 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 find a middle ground, right? Setting boundaries is not about saying no to people. I think this is the biggest misconception about mm -hmm. boundaries. But boundaries is about respecting yourself as well as other people. So it's about finding a common ground for both of you. And that's not something you can't do at work. It's something that you can find. So if you want to set boundaries at work, it's important to have a conversation, an open conversation with your boss and say, listen, you know, if I'm struggling and I'm struggling at home, I, that's going to affect me. And if it affects me, it's going to affect my work. And so if if you want my 100%, then it's good for us to create some some form of, you know, boundaries between us so that we so you can get the best from me and I can also get the best from me myself. So it's really about finding that that place where both of you are gaining and getting the best of both worlds. And so that's essentially what boundaries is. It's not just about being, you know, um, kind of restrictive with it, with individuals and saying no to everything. It's about finding that middle ground where both of you can share and, and, and find a, a place where, where it just works for everybody. Win-win. Um, as she was saying, my, my 2019 resolution was to stop bringing work home. I'm a much happier person since. Love that. Thank you for that. Um, Dr. Raya, we're keeping you with us. We've got a lot of messages to get through. Um, Rushi saying, uh, hi, Dr. T. Happy New Year. My resolution is to love myself more instead of depending on others for that need of acceptance. Rushi, I love our listeners. I really do. <laughs> Joining us live to talk resolutions, intentions, what makes a realistic, achievable, feel-good one and some mini mental health lessons for 2023 is Dr. Thraya, clinical psychologist. She's joining us from the Human Relations Institute and Clinic and lots of you getting in touch with your hopes for 2023 and some of you needing a bit of help as well. Uh, no name on this one saying the three eyes: intent, what to focus on, implementation, the how, create a set of steps for the methodology to work on the intentions, impact, evaluate the steps. Did they help you move forward on your intentions. Good advice there. Um, and more of a question, really. This is uh, coming from Cynthia, Dr. T, saying, Hi, both. I'm not good with my words or showing my feelings, and I really want to change it and be more expressive in 2023. I really love and appreciate my parents and siblings, but don't know how to make them feel it. Help. What a lovely intention. I mean, what self-awareness to, to think that. I mean, it does come back to your point, though, about how self-critical we all are. Um, any advice for Cynthia or indeed anyone else that perhaps wants to be a bit more affectionate, demonstrative, ex expression, expressive, thank you, um, in 2023? I'm struggling today. <laughs> well, Helen, I think it's just because, you know, the New Year's, it's only been three days, so I think our brain is still trying to adjust into the New Year. That Big time. <laughs> but I think from, from, from the message, um, I think Cynthia is the one who messaged, so... The idea of becoming more expressive, try to be, first and foremost, be compassionate, be kind to yourself. Recognize that, okay, you haven't necessarily had the opportunity or the comfort of expressing yourself before. So start small, you know, start with the very kind of uh, superficial statements like I miss you, I love you. And then you can work towards something a little bit deeper, something, you know, I love the way that you make me feel. I like the way you make me laugh. Um, I miss how we spend some time together. So 
just, you know, you start small and then build on that. And in the beginning, it's going to feel very uncomfortable. And I think this is one of the reasons why a lot of people, they end up um, losing that consistency of, of some form of change is because in the beginning they feel uncomfortable and they say, well, this doesn't feel like me. Well, yeah, it doesn't feel like you because you've learned a specific type of behavior and now you're unlearning that behavior. So it's okay. And actually one of the most interesting things about the human being is that we do not change unless we frustrate. So discomfort brings about change. If we are too comfortable, we just stay where we are. Mm -hmm. So the more you, the more discomfort you feel, sometimes the better it is for you. I like that. To move forward, we must frustrate. Yeah, it's true. So think about the things that lie on the other side of your comfort zone. Um, Dr. Thraya, I wanted to ask you about some of the maybe little things, but achievable things that we can be doing to improve our mental health in 2023. And as I said earlier, it, it's not such a much a buzzword. And I'm really pleased we're talking about mental health, you know, more than more than ever before. But I do kind of worry that the phrase has lost a bit, lost a bit of meaning. But when we think, when we kind of break it down, our our overall well being, how we feel about ourselves, um, how we feel about our lives. And I wondered if there's anything that you either recommend in clinic or anything that you've seen. Um, online or in data that has been scientifically proven to help us lead smileier, more fulfilled lives? Well, I think, Helen, I share your sentiment when it comes to um, the buzzword of mental health. I can't stand that phrase anymore, to be honest. And this is the field that I work in. But <laughs> she I can't says, as a clinical psychologist. Because, because it is by far the fakest phrase that was ever created to talk about psychology. When you say mental health, it just sounds like it's coming from some like random, you know, sky that is like raining on us. Mm -hmm. But our mental health is very much connected to our physical health. You cannot d disconnect them from, e from each other. So when we talk about lifestyle changes and things that we can do to actually help ourselves feel better, we refer back to things that are very physiological in nature. Things like our sleep patterns, Definitely. our sleep hygiene, our food, our exercise, as well as meditation and bringing in some breathing exercises. And most importantly, play just be stupid at times. It's okay. And I think all of these together is, are, are some of the most researched things that are out there, especially when it comes to, as I mentioned, the first four, the physiological aspect, because a lot of our neurotransmitters that work quite significantly on our quote unquote mental health are actually created in the gut. So 60% or 80% of our serotonin and 100% of our GABA is actually created or produced in the gut. So if you're not eating well, you're, it's not going to be possible for you to feel good all the time. Mm -hmm. Exercise, and you know, we, we talk about endorphins, serotonin, dopamine, so, so stuff like that. So all of these things are intertwined. They're interconnected. So there's no such thing as mental health without physical health. So taking care of your health in general is extremely important. But when I said the word play, I think play is so important because as we get older, we forget that we have an inner child within us, that we did not just completely disown that child that we were. On we our 18th in, birthday. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. But we're in a bigger body. But we have a part of us that wants to be creative, that wants to be imaginative, that wants to be inquisitive and investigative. And it wants to mess around and do dumb things. And it's okay. It, as long you know, we find that moderation as as the message had been mentioned before between the 18 year old and the 51 year old that doesn't <laughs> cash. But essentially it's it's I mean, if you were to talk about what are the most important things to really focus on are those things. 
focus on how you can play. How do you give yourself that opportunity to, to really exist in a beautiful and childlike manner, but also focus on your health in a way where it's, it's more of a lifestyle rather than, oh, I need to lose weight or, oh, I need to exercise more and get fit and I need to have a six pack. Like these are all outcomes, but we're talking about process and that process will make your intentions a lot more consistent and a lot more lifelong. Because they'll be enjoyable. The, right. Because, you know, you'll want to, I mean, I, I, I am a big fan of play in, in, in general, but I think we forget how to, and then we feel awkward doing it as we get older. Um, you know, whether it's, like, I, I played Twister with the kids last night and I was like, after two games, I was like, you have broken me big, big time. But they loved seeing me you know, fall to the ground and, you know, they, lo- they they loved it, absolutely loved it. But whether it's with kids or without, it, it's not necessarily about playing Twister or playing Lego. It could be, you know, I've, so it was me and my husband's anniversary on um, Christmas Eve and weirdly, nine years is, I think, Willow and Pottery. So we're, next week we're going to a pottery class, just the two of us, like a bit of, like a bit of a ghost kind of wheel-throwing moment <laughs> because... Why not? Like, we're so lucky in Dubai. There are so many amazing things. But it doesn't necessarily even need to be a class. It could be, you know, getting the paints out, writing, you know, being just being with, with friends and playing games, like games nights. By the way, one of my top recommendations, small business shout out. Uh, it's in town centre. They might still be, maybe not, in Times, in Times Square. Back to games. The nicest guys ever, if you're looking to find pick up a game for the family or for a mate's games night. These They are the loveliest guys. They'll get them out. You can play with them. They'll teach you how to play games and you can take them home. So, games nights. Taraya, what are you planning to do to be more playful in 2023? Mm, I haven't really thought of that. Taraya. just yet. But I do, I do, I already play. You're goofy. I, yeah, I know. I have, I have my cats that I, that I love to play with, but I dance at home by myself like a crazy person. And it's okay because I, I like to do that. And I also like to learn weird things. And that just makes me feel really young. Like I oh. enjoy re- new things, but I also enjoy learning weird things. Like love it. Facts that nobody would really care to know. Good, you're a good person for a quiz night. I'll I'll tap you up in the future, but I, th- I think you, I think you're absolutely right. I, I, it's kind of all come together for me this afternoon with with what you've just been talking about the process rather than the outcome. Is yes, I, I, we're all so busy. I don't want to be sitting here on the radio going, "You must meditate for 15 minutes every day. You must exercise for 45 minutes every day." This is mm. prescriptive and reductive and not helpful and not feel good. Is it not better to be like, look after yourself, go to, you know, go to bed and have a, have a good sleep? Because my goodness, I think any exhausted person, I was going to say parent, but person knows just how ratty and irritable you are the next day when you've had a terrible sleep. You know how low your mood is. It's taken me 40 years to realize that when, that when I want to exercise the least is when I need to exercise the most. And, you know, I dragged my sorry lycra-clad backside to spinning this morning and I, I'm so happy I did. I'm so, so happy that I was, you know, I pushed through for those 45 minutes because it set me up for the day. Um, and I think, yeah, you kind of realise, or I've realised as you get older, that, you know, being able to move and being able to exercise and get those feelings is a total privilege. It's not a punishment. And we still think, I think, a lot of the time is exercise is a way of burning calories and a way of, yeah punishing your body and sometimes it can be just a celebration of movement and being playful and being around people and just enjoying what you can do 
That's coming. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with you, Helen. I think, you know, I think the more we, we think of our either intentions or resolutions as things that are chores and we have to do them, then we tend to move away from, from those, those types of goals. But when we look at it as, you know, this is, it's a part of who I want to become. It's a part of the new existence that I want to be present for. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes a little bit less stressful. And as you mentioned before, less of a to-do list item that you need to check off, but more of something that becomes a part of who you are. Yeah, makes sense. What about if you are looking to achieve a goal, whether it is you know saving a certain amount of money or getting a new job or... Um, how how can we put some things in place that can help us along the way, whether it is a support network or being accountable or, you know, things like that? Anything practical, Thryer? Of course. So I would say first and foremost, start off with self-reflection. Look at your past year. Think of your values. Think of what you were able to achieve and take the things, take the process of how you were able to achieve certain things last year and try to reapply it this year Mm -hmm. and look at the things that you didn't get to achieve and then say, okay, what was the process there? What was it that stopped me from continuing? So taking a lot of process that have has, has both been um, beneficial as well as detrimental is very important because then you, you, you avoid, you know, doing the same mistakes over and over again. Um, write things down. Journaling can be extremely important, especially when it comes to intentions and talking about your intentions with other people, becoming accountable uh, for that. Think of the specific ways that you want to achieve your intention. So you don't want to just keep saying to yourself, you know, I want to live healthier. I want to live healthier. But there's no actual <laughs> yeah. like progress that's coming from that because you're just kind of looking at it from a very abstract manner. But instead of thinking of like all of these different things that you're going to do and overwhelm yourself and just be like, nah, I'll do it next year. It, you have to focus on one thing at a time. And it's okay. You have 365 days to kind of think of it. And this is, again, it's not short term. We're looking at long term lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. So you have the rest of your life to make these changes. So if you start with one thing, create a specific type of consistency with it, and then add something new and then create consistency with those two and then add something new and then with those three, and so on and so forth. What you're just doing is you're building rather than kind of starting and stopping and starting and stopping. Thraya, wise words indeed. Thank you so much for uh, for that. You've you've you really have kind of pivoted something in my brain there. So I'll I'll report back. Maybe you can be my accountability buddy. But thank you so so much. Really do appreciate it. All the very thank best you, to you and the whole team at the Human Relations Institute and Clinic for 2023. And if you do want Dr. Thraya's details, um, do get in touch for zero zero one. It is the start of another exciting year. I think a lot of us have got high hopes for 2023. I'd like it to be um, (laughs) non-eventful, to be honest. Precedented, not unprecedented. That would be nice. A bit of balance and moderation this year after the chaos of the last couple. But what about you? What what are your hopes for 2023? Over the course of the afternoon, we're going to have some amazing experts, whether it is to do with food and eating or fitness, mindset and mental health. So if you are struggling to keep resolutions in the past and maybe want a helping hand or perhaps you want a bit of direction maybe you're throwing the resolutions out of the window let me know on 4001 you don't need to put your name on it if you prefer not to i'm joining us today is hania mackamud a personal trainer holistic weight loss coach because 
Well, out of the US, the top resolutions are, Hania, you will not be surprised by this. 52% of people want to exercise more. So brace yourself for a busier gym. I saw a great uh, tweet in December, which was um, airports at Christmas are like gyms in January, full of people who don't know what they're doing. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, 50% of us want to eat healthier. Exercise alone, as we know, can only do uh, only do so much. 40% saying they want to lose weight. So let us know your resolutions. Um, Hania, tell us a little bit about how you feel about resolutions. <laughs> Hi, Helen. Um, actually, <clears throat> I am an anti-resolutioner. <laughs> I, I just feel that, uh, first of all, for example, the ones that you just stated, they're so general, they're so broad. Exercise more. Yeah, eat. because if without a plan, eat it's all just it's wishful thinking, mm-hmm. and then you go you go you get nowhere. You know, so you have to really break it down. I don't set resolutions because to me, um, it sounds maybe cheesy, but like every day is a new day, a new fresh start to to, to begin. Like mm-hmm. we don't have to wait till Jan first. But I get it. It's like you know, new beginnings and a new year, and so yeah. So what are the most common? hopes i guess that you hear from clients I mean, the hope, you... hopes and dreams are like lose 15 pounds like get in my size x you know yes. uh jeans get in my high school jeans yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> so like i said if unless you break it down like okay let's say you have to lose 15 pounds to get you know to a healthier weight or feel more c- comfortable mm-hmm. um so why not there's nothing wrong with that but we have to see how we can reach there so that's the ultimate goal and we need to break it down. So, like, what does that look like? What kind of food choices does that look like? What exercise plan, schedule, program? What are you planning to implement to get to that goal? Mm-hmm. So that's what we need to do. And we need to, it needs to be, it needs to reflect what somebody's capable of doing. Very true. Being <laughs> realistic. Yes. I think the thing for intentions is, for me, I kind of think future Helen's going to be a lot more virtuous than than today, Helen. Helen, future Helen's going to have a lot more willpower than, which is all complete nonsense. I'm the same person as I am today as I will be in a week's time or, or a month's time. But it can offer an opportunity for reflection. And I think that's incredibly useful. And I certainly don't want to say, you know, do not have lose weight as a goal because, my goodness, I mean, I'm someone who's lost a huge amount of weight and I feel so much better for it. I'm not saying it's made me, you know, 100% happier. Of course it hasn't. But I'm healthier certainly um healthier for my kids and if you do need to lose weight as you say to feel more comfortable in your skin to be at a healthy bmi to be able to live life fully then that's great but let's put the steps in place in order to do that in an achievable fashion rather than going i'm going to lose you know 20 kilos in in three months and then i'm going to be happy because that's that's very unlikely in in both in both senses of the phrase so when someone comes to you with a goal as such when you are coaching someone how do you start to help them on that journey? So um, it really depends. Uh, first of all, I think it's very... Here's the thing. Three people might have a goal of losing 15 pounds, but those three people have different personalities, different lifestyles, different uh, family situations, environments, maybe you know different jobs. Different reasons as well for wanting to do it. Different reasons, why. exactly. And so we need to see... There's no one fit solution for for all three people because maybe somebody has a a, a history of like some kind of dysfunctional, uh, you know, relationship with food. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to see it's difficult to give like a generalized approach, but um, 
you know, again, like some personalities, they could be they they could work well with more of like sort of like a rigid, a more rigid approach. Some people are going to get stressed out just thinking of the rigid approach. So generally, most people who want to lose weight, rigid approaches don't work for them. Mm-hmm. So they think that that's what they need, but it's actually uh, counterproductive because after three months they're going back to their old selves. Mm-hmm. So it has to be like gradual lifestyle habits, mindset work. Um, which will change your behavior in the long run and, and get your results and keep your results because that's what we want. We don't want to just be, uh, you know, 15 pounds slimmer for three months and then go back, right? And we've spoken about yo-yo dieting in the yes. past and that, you know, this is this is exactly that classic. So we're going to be talking about some practical advice next and keep your messages coming in. Um, just, just really nice to hear what your plans are. Hanan saying, the best resolution I ever made and stuck to is labelling leftovers when putting them in the freezer. <laughs> See, I like it. It's very practical. Sanjay, go on more family walks to new places. It's free and healthy and we all enjoy it. And Kelly's saying, hi both, daily yoga, even if it's just five minutes, I hope everything else flows from that. She says, pun intended. Um, let us know yours. And as I said, if you do need some help with them, we've got some great experts joining us over the course of the afternoon. You don't need to put your messages, or your name on your messages, 4001, ARN Play App, the WhatsApp. Up next, real versus unrealistic resolutions and what are build-up resolutions? And you'll be filling us in. In the studio now, Haniach Mahmoud, holistic weight loss coach and personal trainer. As we talk food and our relationship with it and perhaps making some changes on that front in 2023. And I think it's a very emotional topic, isn't it? Food, you know. I think anyone—I don't know anyone that hasn't got an emotional relationship with it at, at all. But if someone is kind of concerned about the, their attitude towards eating, overeating, undereating, um, is, can can this be a useful time to reflect on that? And what ultimately, you know, could you be adjusting in in the course of twenty twenty three? Yeah, of course, it's a useful time. I think uh, everybody at the end of you know, between the the end of one year going into another one should reflect on that year, like no matter whether you need to lose weight or not, or whatever your life is, but because it's important to for us to reflect on what we've achieved, what what's not happened, and like how we could do things differently. Um, and I th- always think, you know, we've, we talked about resolutions, but on a more general sense, I think it's so powerful to set like an intention like for the year. So if it's something related to health, it could be like, you know, having more energy, vitality, um, you could even do something like self-control around food. You know, that's something people struggle with. So somebody who's been struggling with food, like you said, you gave like different examples, like the middle, like low, high. So um, it, it the idea is, first of all, it's helpful to get a coach because I, I struggle with giving generalized advice. If we're talking about weight loss specifically, um, there there are many things that you could do. First of all, I don't believe in, in non-restrictive dieting. So the moment, un- unless somebody has a severe allerg- allergic reaction, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's a, if that's not a problem, then people shouldn't cut out food groups and because it just doesn't help your relationship with food. It actually makes it worse. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes this like mind over body game and it's just like a battle. And then it ends up in a disaster typically, even if it's not after three months, but six months or one year. So just better to learn and train yourself on how to go down that middle line, that line of moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, what are build-up resolutions? Yeah. yeah, so I call build-up resolutions... Um, for example, 
let's say somebody wants to get fitter, um, gain more muscle mass, you know, in 2023. So instead of just going off the bat and saying, like, I'm going to work out, do five um, weight training sessions a week, uh, which maybe for three weeks that person could do it but <laughs> say if you're going from zero to five a week if you can walk down the stairs or steer your car you'd i'd be impressed because the the body can be somewhat shocked by this you're right and but, but the thing is people do that they set these and this is again this is stemming from a mindset of perfectionism mm-hmm. of like do the all or nothing you know eat all or eat nothing you know that and that's very that's not a good place to be because you you at least a burnout it leads to like you know mental uh you know mental health issues so build up would for me would be something like let's start off like okay let's look at somebody who's never exercised for example or just a little bit off and on which is a lot of people so how about you know for three weeks you take three 15 minute walks a week like literally like how is it it's free of cost the weather is great like there's just one way or another you can fit in 15 minutes three times a week and then once you actually accomplish that your sense of you know self-esteem and self-confidence has improved you feel more capable yeah, yourself, you're like, oh, I can stick to my goals. The problem is when people set really high impossible goals, they suffer mentally, like their self-confidence suffers because they didn't stick with it and then mm-hmm. they feel like they failed. Yeah. So it's a no-win situation. So here, let's say you get, you master those three weeks, then you feel like, oh, I could do a bit more, maybe make it five weeks, make it, uh, sorry, uh, like five days a week or 30 minutes. And then, you know, the the right, I, I trust that, the right signs come to you when you're on a certain path. So then you might just come and meet a really nice personal trainer and then start sessions. You know, like once you you get the ball rolling, you're in a good place. I love this idea of of kind of building your confidence up as as you build your fitness or your habits because... I'm, I am a very all or nothing person. I think I've, I've done two spinning classes in the last two days, you know, um, but we often do set ourselves up for, for massive falls. What about accountability? Having a, a, whether it's an exercise buddy, I mean, obviously you're a coach, but to have, you know, to have someone to say, okay, I showed up this morning or this is what the number said, you know, just a buddy. Yeah, that's so important. And, you know, it could be uh, your partner. It could be even maybe, um, you know, one of your kids who needs outdoor time. So you go with them and then, you know, they if they're old enough, they can, you know, sort of keep you on the right track or a neighbor. Like accountability is so important. So even if it's not a coach, maybe you can make friends with somebody who you've met at the gym or, or like in the park mm-hmm. just, or, or anybody really. I, you know? I, need, I need that for and they're, sure. And they're like WhatsApp groups and stuff like that as there well. Some amazing, so the guys that I trained to do Kilimanjaro, with have now started something like called the the Explorers Club. So they will go out hiking at the weekends, they'll go stair climbing at the weekends and it's a really friendly and free WhatsApp group. And it's just... I think for the community side, it's so, so important. Um, I'm loving your messages. Um, Chet saying, new girl has to be joined the 5am club. 20 minutes physical exercise, 20 minute mind workout and 20 minute meditation, soul workout. Let's do this, Dubai. No name saying, I'm determined to lose weight and get fitter, but starting February 1st. (laughs) I like that. There's too many Christmas bits left for January. I've realised where this has been going, going wrong in the past. I'm the same. Still too much cheese in the house. Um, and Mandy saying, I'm making this year um, the, the theme of pacing myself, saying I tend to be all or nothing too, e.g. trying to lose weight by hardly eating and over-exercising, then giving up because it's too hard. So this year I'm aiming for moderation and balance. Mandy, you sound like you've got to get it sorted. Thank you so much, honey. For anyone that is looking for 
coaching, accountability, expert advice. What's the best way of getting in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at healthyhania, H-A-N-I-Y-A in one word. Thank you so, so Thank much. You, Happy New Year to you. Thank you, you too. We're lucky enough to be joined by some brilliant experts, whether it is to be talking about emotional eating, we're going to be talking about fitness, talking about long-term change. Over the course of the afternoon, we're having a bit of a transformational Tuesday. And joining us in the studio now is entrepreneur, author, coach, podcaster, Mehmet Chandani, as we talk about self-love, which I still find a bit of an uncomfortable concept, I think. I think that might be, maybe that's a very British thing, because it sounds like sounds like you love yourself and you know you don't want to be that person that loves themselves so I want a bit of clarification if you don't mind on what that word what that phrase means to you and happy new year by the way thank you and happy new year to you too so self-love is when we know ourselves we know who we are truly from our innermost self and we do things to evolve ourselves Mm. that is self-love what, am, am I alone in perhaps some of the misconceptions around that phrase? Not at all. Okay, not tell at us all. about what you've heard over the years. So, then. of course, you know, um, initially, even when I wrote my book, people couldn't understand why would I write such a book. But the entire concept of self-love is alien to all of us. It's not only British, as you said, but even to the Asian and Indian community. It's always been that serving everyone else before we serve ourselves. Mm-hmm. But... Until we don't serve ourselves, it's very difficult to serve someone else fully and wholly. Be it you're performing a role of a mother, um, daughter, daughter daughter-in-law, a leader. If you are not in love with yourself completely, you don't know yourself, you'll always live either in assumptions or in conflict. Because you'll always feel something is missing. Mm -hmm. And that void that is inside you is nothing but the love of yourself. So what are some of the signs then you, that you might be lacking in self-love? Does is, is, is it come down to self-respect in the way you allow yourself to be treated, perhaps? Absolutely. Absolutely. It involves self-respect. It involves intrinsic motivation. When you are motivated, you get up early in the morning, you do things for yourself in the sense you eat healthy, mm-hmm. you exercise, you meditate, you read a book that will help you grow your perceptions, which will help you grow everything inside you. So you can view life in a much more known way because life is nothing but our own perceptions, right? Uh, The way we react to situations is what we and our life is made up of. So to be able to, when you know better, you can do better. So it's all about that. It's about being motivated to lead a beautiful life to make sure life, um, you attract the best in life. Mm -hmm. And that happens when you shift your energy. And that happens with love. I want to come back to something you said earlier. Um, so do you, do you need to know yourself before you can love yourself? And if so, how? How can we get to know ourselves in such a, a busy world when we've got, you know, people and commitments, you know, really competing for our time and attentions? I agree. So I believe and I've written in my book, you cannot be in love with someone you don't know, be it your spouse, be it your child, be it your parent, whoever. And it's exactly the same with yourself. It's like the courtship with another. You have to spend time 
with yourself alone. It could be reading a book. It could be meditating to know your truest self. It could be taking a walk on the beach. But you have to spend time with yourself alone to know what you like, to know what you don't like, to understand yourself, understand your reactions, understand your thoughts. We don't do that. Mm -hmm. And that's so, so important. Mental wellness is hence such a huge topic today. Because we are not doing that. We are so busy fulfilling commitments of the outside. But what about the inside? It's funny, isn't it? The busyness. Because, I mean, I think, I think I'm busy. I'm probably not that busy. I'm probably not. But uh, I think it's, it's a very common trap to fall into is kind of fetishizing being busy, about feeling like you're in demand and, oh, my, you know. Absolutely. But, and what, what we're really doing is kind of distracting ourselves a lot of the time from what we really should be focusing on so i believe so i've said it in my book again that uh, most of the most of us and including me i was living on painkillers busyness is like a painkiller there was pain inside me i didn't want to address it mm-hmm. so i was acquiring things i wanted to be this huge fashion designer i wanted to do things i wanted to acquire material things i wanted to go shopping i wanted to be in parties i wanted to do everything i wanted to be in the limelight but was that really fulfilling me is the question that's the question we need to ask ourselves what is fulfilling us are we on our purpose because all we know is that we are here for a short time. That is the fact. Be, be it of any religion, any culture, we are here for a short time. So are we doing things to fulfill us is the question I'd like to ask everybody. Meher and Danny with us this afternoon. Um, going to the text line, uh, Jamila saying, what's the difference between self-care and self-love? Good question, because self-care has become a bit of a buzzword recently as well. Yes, true. So self-care is when you take a massage, when you do something for your personality you go for your nails you do a good haircut but self-love like I mentioned is for your evolution like you learn commit to learning something you commit to growing yourself you commit to taking care of your health with a coach you commit to taking care of your mental health with a coach again or a healer so that is self-love when you think about yourself you invest time in yourself to know yourself better Mm No name on this message, um, and it's more of a comment than a question, saying, I've discovered loving yourself is not the same as loving others. Um, what it meant for me was self-respect, not accepting being treated less than I am worth, not accepting other people's negativity in my life, um, acknowledging both my positive and negative attributes and working on the latter. Bad things from the past I put in boxes in my mind and sealed them shut because they are no longer part of me. That really resonates with me. Absolutely, but... Rather than putting them, uh, putting the past in a box, I would say work on it to release it. Mm-hmm. We are all made of beliefs and a lot of beliefs don't serve us. So it's very important to evaluate what are the beliefs that are serving you right now in your point in life and what are not serving you. The ones not serving you, try to let go of them. And there are ways we can let go of them through meditation, through repetition, through reprogramming. There are a lot of ways we can reprogram beliefs through audio video reprogramming through um, different modalities of healing which are now present uh, in, even in UAE so we can reprogram and dissolve them so they never come back because if you put it and shut it in a box they will definitely come back for you at some point message here saying happy new year what are the first steps to start self-love great question you know what are some of the things that we can all do or try to improve our relationship with ourselves meditation is number one I would say what does that mean to you? Because for meditation, sometimes I get a bit overwhelmed at the thought of sitting for half an hour and and not not talking. I would say start small. Start with five minutes of silence, just meaningful silence, not mindfulness, because mindfulness is the when you are present, when you can feel the presence of something. Meditation is the presence of nothing. So you feel nothing. So just start with five minutes of 
meaningful silence with yourself and if the thoughts come to you you just tell him tell those thoughts you speak to those thoughts and tell them that can we can you come back in 5 minutes so slowly and steadily you build it up from 5 minutes i i started with 5 minutes and i i go up into 90 minutes now wow yes so it's possible if i can do it so can you and then i would say reading journaling journaling is a fantastic way to know yourself and i r- highly recommend everybody journals mm-hmm. because it's it's an it helps you with your emotional outlet it you learn so much with that you can give gratitude you can give forgiveness it's it's just beautiful so learning journaling meditation and exercise interesting When, yes any particular exercise you feel can be you know beneficial in this sense so for busy people which yes. a lot of people are i would say 5 minutes of each so you can do a set of a tabata exercise which is a 4 minute exercise it's a hit like workout hit. Mm-hmm. yeah and and that that gets your hormones high it gets you in that dopamine uh, zone and you just start loving yourself even more if you do it in a combination and trust me 5 minutes a day if you start you'll feel the difference in your life and i guess my last question would be if you are able to practice self love or just love yourself more i'm not we're not saying you know by the end of 2023 you need to be in love with yourself but maybe it's 5% 10% um what are some of the benefits you could see in other areas of your life that's a wonderful question helen so everything improves when you start loving yourself and focusing on your evolution and growth you become a better mother because you are modeling that you are in love with yourself you so you authentically giving your children you don't feel burnt out at work so work improves you are able to have compassionate relationships with people because you're compassionate with yourself mm-hmm. um so it's work parenting you become a better i mean my relationship with my spouse got much better so it's improvement in all areas of life because you start understanding people more because you understanding yourself so as a leader it impacts you as as your personal self as family it impacts you as your mother it impacts you it impacts you in all areas of life and i have seen improvement in all areas of your life because the more you love yourself the more you are able to communicate with authenticity you are more confident you attract that kind of energy you know, you take that mask off you take that mom exactly that's the summary you take the mask out and mask off out and it's nowhere close to you and you when you are authentic and vulnerable magic happens because you are yourself you're attracting that kind of energy everything grows i think for a lot of people the the lack of self love can come from upbringing whether that is yes. neglectful parents or parents who weren't demonstrative or you know even teachers or friendships that have been toxic for want of a better word we um, aren't teach we are not taught right we're no. not taught to love ourselves that's to right. our mothers our grandmothers nobody did that who if you even today if you tell somebody that you love yourself they they're confused they're like what does that mean and no i only love my children i love, only love my parents but it doesn't work like that mm-hmm. when you serve yourself you're able to serve everybody much more for anyone who wants to read more on this topic and as you say evolve themselves grow themselves can you share where we can find your book absolutely it's available on all channels my podcast is available I'm on Amazon um the book is available Kinokonia Amazon Borders Come Alive Come Alive Don't Just Exist by Meh- Don't Just Exist by Meher Meer Chandani and the podcast has a lot of content my website has a lot of content Come Alive Meher Meer Chandani and the website is Meher Meer Chandani And lastly do you have any resolutions or intentions for 2023 Absolutely I think 
if there's no direction there will if there is no direction there will be no action so it's very important to take direction to make that intention out in the universe to achieve progress in all areas of our life mm-hmm. so my three words is engage elevate and equanimity oh i like it i like this idea of direction i like this idea of well i guess the opposite of stagnation which is my biggest fear yes. my my biggest fear is looking back and thinking that you, we didn't you, progress in yeah that area. you wasted time yeah. or you missed opportunities and yeah. for me like that's that's it for me I want I want focus I want connection I want more communication which luckily I'm in a good job for that wow yeah, thank you so amazing. so much for coming in thank I really you for really me. enjoyed that I hope that's given everyone a bit of food for thought um if you do want details of the book just drop me a little message on 4001 I will send you the link in the meantime Mohammed and Danny, happy new year wishing you a wonderful wonderful 2023 We're live on Facebook and I'm curious, does your list of goals for 2023 include losing fat? Maybe you should be concentrating on gaining muscle, some strength instead. Nikki Holland's in the studio. That's Nikki underscore fitness, been in Dubai over seven years and works with a huge demographic of people across the city, helping them reach their goals. Great to have you with us. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for having me. I am really interested in in what kind of motivates people to get fit and stay fit, go into the gym for the first time after a long time, or as we're saying, kind of reach some of their some of their goals. How do you feel about resolutions and have you got any of your own for the year ahead? My resolution and my advice to people setting resolutions would be just to try and be better than you were last year. So whether that's improving your health, whether that's improving your lifestyle, your nutrition, your strength levels, just try to be that little bit better than you were previously. I think that is because that little bit could be 1% better and building on that, you know, week on week, month on month. That's where you start to see, I guess, like really sustainable lifestyle because we were talking earlier about kind of emotional eating and being all or nothing, which I think a lot of us fall into that trap of going, oh, well, my future self's going to be really motivated and they're going to love going to the gym five times a week and eating this. Whereas we're just the same person as we were. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say new year, new me. And I kind of disagree with that because you are the same person, but you can change your mindset. And a lot of it when it comes to goal setting is about having a positive mindset and setting things that are achievable to you. My goal might not be achievable for somebody else, but then their goal might not be achievable for me. So you have to, you know, analyze it, sit down, get a pen and paper and just jot down what do you really want Mm -hmm. and what are the steps that you need to take to get you there? And I think that's so individual as well. Like what might, you know, motivate someone or what might help someone achieve their goals could be completely different to what works for you. Like when I lost a lot of white people going, well, how did you do it? I'm like, well, that doesn't really matter because what works for me might not work for you. What I enjoy doing in the gym or out of the gym, you might hate. Mm. And I think it took me a long time to to realise that you have to enjoy exercise, which I know sounds so basic, but I didn't for the longest time. And a lot of people like, well, I've tried the gym and that I didn't like that. I went to this class and hated it. So... And I understand that mentality because, as I said, that was me for a long time. But if you kind of persevere and find your thing yeah. and you unlock that, it's, uh, it's, a, it's game changing. A lot of the time, the principles of improving your health or your fitness are the same. So you can increase your step count. You can eat more protein in your diet and not binge on junk food, eat more fruit and vegetables, drink more water, get more sleep because that's very underrated. And just try to get your body stronger because if you can do strength training, you can increase your muscle mass, you'll burn more calories at rest. So you'll get leaner and you'll be healthier and mm-hmm. you'll actually feel a lot better 
within your self-confidence and within your energy levels if you do that. So there is this kind of preoccupation, I guess, with shedding shedding fat, losing fat. So I'm, I'm curious then, what is a healthy you know, fat percentage for, for men and women? That, you know, a range, because obviously yeah. we're all different. So females tend to store more fat than males. Uh, and I would say if you're around uh, 15 to 20% for a male, or if you're between 20 and 25% for a female, but without going too much into the numbers, because people can get obsessed with the numbers, mm-hmm. it's much better to choose the measure of how you look, how you feel, how your clothes fit rather than focus on you want your weight to be this particular number Mm -hmm. or 10 years ago when you felt your happiest you were this weight well 10 years on you can still be happy but you can just focus on uh, other areas rather than a metric number yeah um so going by going by numbers are good for some people but can be obsessive for others i think that's a really good point because a lot of people fall into that trap of you know daily weighing and measuring and in that impacting your happiness, your mood, your mindset for that day, like, oh, I'm up 200 grams, it's going to be a bad day. You yeah. Know? And, and so if, if people are looking to weigh themselves, measure themselves, like what kind of frequency do you tend to recommend for mental health as well as physical health? Yeah. So with my clients at the moment, we, we measure more performance based rather right. than what the scales is saying. So non-scale victories. Correct. Yes. And that is a lot better in the long term because you're more focused on getting fitter, getting stronger uh, and focusing on those areas rather than the end goal, oh, my weight's not come down. And you know what? I think, and again, I have fallen into this trap before saying, you know, when I can go into Zara and buy a size medium or when my weight is sitting, then I'll be happy. Guess what? Mm. You're not. (laughs) Yeah, like I've read a lot of books over the past kind of few years since lockdown. I've thought that I could educate myself a lot more. So I've read more. And what they say in the books, a lot of them are very similar in terms of, you find your own happiness by being happy with what you are mm-hmm. and you build on that. So from where you are right now with your fitness and your health, this is your starting point. Think of this year as, okay, it's January. Yes, it is a new year, but I'm the same person. If I want to achieve a six pack, if I want to be able to run a 5K in a sub 20 minutes, if I want to be able to squat as heavy as I've ever done before, you can do that, but you just have to approach it in the right way. Um, focusing on performance, I, I really must stress it's really important if you do that because you'll see progress week on week, but the scales might not change. And that's mm-hmm. simply because of the recomposition of your muscle mass and your body fat. So you can be the same weight, but look totally different. We're going to go to the text line next with Nikki. Samir saying, I saw a video on TikTok last night. Dr. Nathan Thompson claims that having a six pack or a visible one is not necessarily healthy. What are his thoughts? And no name on this message. By all means, be anonymous if you prefer. Saying I'm 110 kilos, five foot six. I need to lose weight. But do I need to do that before I start building muscle? 35 year old male in case that's useful. We're going to go to the text line next. We've got Nikki Holland with us. You can find him on Instagram at Nikki underscore fitness. Been in Dubai seven years, more than seven years, working with a whole host of people from kids to those looking to get into fitness, smash their fitness goals, sports teams and more. And I'm curious about, I guess, some of the myths and misconceptions that there might be around building muscle. What have you heard over the years and can you smash some of them for us now? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, A lot of people are afraid of getting bulky, getting too big, you know, and there is a, I can understand why people would be afraid because when you go to the gym and you see people lifting heavy weights and they make loud noises, it can be a little bit off-putting. It can, you know, make you feel a little bit insecure. However, 
when you do get stronger and when you do start to see yourself improve and you're you're lifting more and you're feeling better you have so much more benefit in terms of it lowers your heart rate it builds your muscle mass it will lower your body fat percentage and you'll just feel that day to day you're gonna you're gonna feel a lot healthier that's what i was gonna say it's, for, for me i lost a lot of strength during pregnancy and it was really silly things like pushing open heavy doors or carrying plates to the dining table just these like little day-to-day functionality things and when I did start to get stronger it wasn't about what was happening in the gym it was about my life outside the gym yeah. and that like quality of life I suppose yeah. was was just totally life-changing well in particular as you get older what you want to avoid is what we call muscular atrophy and this is where if you don't do strength training if you don't use the muscles that you already have they will start to wither away and you will feel weaker. So for anyone that listened to this that is, you know, 40 years older, then it's really important that you do start with bodyweight exercises, build it up gradually. You don't so have to you go don't and squat to, And I think weights. that's the big misconception is that it's not yeah. about going to the gym and like being on the rack and in beast mode. It can just be at home with using your body weight. Yeah, your body weight is, is still a, a resistance, right? So if you can get used to doing bodyweight exercises, push-ups, lunges, planks, sit-ups, pull-ups, just with your own body weight. Once you've mastered that, then you can progress then using resistance machines. Then you can progress to free weights and barbell exercises. And as you get older, you want to try and focus on muscular hypertrophy. So this is where you're, you're building lean muscle tissue because that will take the resistance off your joints. So as you get older, you'll have less likely to have lower back pain, hip pain, knee pain, because you've got stronger muscles that support around mm-hmm. the joint. Let's go to the text line. A message from Samir saying, I saw a video on TikTok last night from a Dr. Nathan Thompson who claims that having a six pack or a visible one isn't that healthy. What are Nikki's thoughts? Uh, I quite like the view of having a six pack. <laughs> but, um, but no, to be honest, it's not, uh, it's not sustainable for everybody. And if you are at a low body fat percentage where your abdominals are visible and you've got your transverse abdominis, your internal external obliques showing, then yeah, you might feel great, but it's not healthy and sustainable in the long term to stay that low in terms of your body fat. And you are potentially around maybe 5% body fat there. So you are uh, more prone to um, illness. Your immune system will be down. You haven't got enough, you know, def- natural defenses there for your body to fight. So, I mean, women as well, thinking about hormones as well. You yeah, know. it can definitely affect, you know, estrogen levels, hormone levels. And if you are looking, if you're a female and you're looking at having uh, children, then that can, you know, you know, play, play, play have it with your uh, your hormones. There. He's giving us permission to not have a six pack. <laughs> Certainly not one for a long time anyway. Um, no name on this message, looking for some advice, saying, I want to start building muscles. This is great timing. Thank you. Um, I'm 110 kilos, five foot six, male 35. I don't know where to start. Do I need to lose the considerable weight um, first before I can start building muscle? Uh, good question. Good so, question. yeah, I would say um, so if your body holds a certain amount of water, then, you know, that is a difficult one because your body is made up of you have your organs, you have your bones, you have your muscle mass, you have your body fat percentage and you have your water retention. That makes up how heavy you are, essentially. So what you need to do is if you focus on getting stronger, but exercising and just feeling good by enjoying what you do, you'll start to notice that that weight should come down. The most important thing, though, if you are trying to lose weight, would be to be in a calorie deficit. So that's to monitor your nutrition day to day. A lot of my clients use the MyFitnessPal app because it's free. And not so that I get to tell them off for eating the wrong thing, but more so that I can just educate them and they have a better understanding themselves of, well, this cereal bar I've been eating for three years actually is very high in calories. I didn't realize that. So it just raises awareness and mm-hmm. makes them more um 
more aware of their day-to-day -day nutrition. And uh, if you're eating under in a calorie deficit over a period of time, you will lose weight. And what about building muscle during that time? You can still build muscle. So uh, essentially, you're trying to recomposition your body where your body fat drops, but your muscle mass increases. So have a structure, have a plan, make sure then you, you speak to a fitness professional or ask me a question, I'll be happy to help, where you can follow a program and build muscle over four, six, eight weeks time mm -hmm. whilst then uh, losing body fat. Have you got any fitness goals, health goals for this year, Nikki? Um, my fitness goal is just to try and be healthy and active uh, to build on, you know, my, my current fitness from this year. Um, and as you get older, just to, you know, I tend to focus on variety of fitness. So I'll take part in 10K races, Tough Mudder, Spartan races. I'll take part in um, strength ex uh, competitions as well, just because that's what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. So um, I tend to practice what I preach. So my goal would be just to build on last year, stay health healthy and fit, and fit and injury free. I'm glad what you mentioned earlier about gyms being intimidating places. I don't think enough fitness professionals understand that or can empathize with that and I, as I said I have been there where I felt like you know the biggest the weakest the slowest person in the room and I think finding finding your people whether that is a trainer or finding a class where you feel welcomed and you can you know build that confidence in what feels like a safe space and a fun space yeah. is absolutely crucial for anyone that does want to contact you about reaching some goals getting into exercise you know really taking it to the next level, what's the best way of getting in touch? Uh, you can contact me with my website, which is www.nikki-fitness.com or my Instagram at Nikki underscore fitness. Thank you so, so much. Really, really interesting to kind of shift a few perceptions there, bust a few myths. And again, thanks to all the questions. So if we didn't get to yours. We will be talking fitness again, I am sure. Happy New Year, Nikki. Have Happy New Year. a good one. I am, I confess, extremely excited by our next guest. He has worked as a private chef, making breakfast for Bono, of all people. He's started and sold social media platforms, and now Niall Harbison lives in Thailand, rescuing street dogs. I follow him on Instagram. My hairdresser has given up her sneaker habit, donate to him every single month. He is a legend, and he's joining us live from Thailand now. Niall, how are you? Happy New Year. Same to yourself. That's uh, amazing that your hairdresser's doing that. She is. Uh, She's very excited. Big fan because what you've done with your platform is create such a sense of connection and empathy from people all over the world to care about dogs that live in a completely different country and follow your adventures. And you've created these wonderful names and characters for these little furry, furry characters who might not have had a chance at life unless you'd stumbled upon them. So before we get to what you're doing now, um, I'd love to hear about, I guess, why you decided to move to Thailand. When when, and why was that, Niall? Um, about four years ago, I was actually just like pretty much everybody, you know, on the corporate kind of ladder and had my own business. And I always thought there was something more in life to get out of the rat race and, to, you know, the nine to fives and the, you know, quarterly targets and reviews and promotions. And, you know, I, I just thought there was something more about life. So I moved to Thailand um, for the weather. Uh, I was also a fan of Dubai. I used to go there, uh, you know, for a month each year. I just I didn't really like the European. I would say in a nutshell, the weather <laughs> it was probably uh, one of the main reasons. You're talking to someone who's just got back from Newcastle where I was wearing all the clothes. But what I found was, yes, it was cold. But there was, it's also really dark. It was so dark. Yeah. And it's so much yeah. easier to be happy when the sun is shining, I would say. Also, cost of living in Thailand must have been a big draw as well. You know, com complete life change. What were your kind of 
aims and expectations at that point once you made that move, Niall? Um, yeah, cost of living, food, uh, culture, all the, those things really bought into it. I mean, you can have a wonderful life here for, uh, you know, $20, $30 a day, literally, you know, eating best food, etc. Um, and I just yeah, wanted to exp- experience a different culture and um, found this place fascinating, lots of healthy living. I had battles in my past with alcohol. So um, where I live now is really kind of healthy living buzz. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was just a, a complete change to come here. So you're on Coast Movie. Tell us a little bit about how COVID-19 affected the island. I mean, we saw impact all over the world, but I guess in very tourist-dependent parts of the world, it must have been particularly noticeable. I can't, I can't even begin to explain it. It was like a... It can only be like what a war zone was like. And I mean, I've got friends in Dubai and friends in Europe and friends in America. And, you know, they would send me pictures, but like nothing compared to here. Like the the economy is like 99% tourism. So like everybody had to sell up and leave because, you know, there was no tourists. There was uh, people having to be fed rice in the streets from handouts. There was hotels like they looked like something out of a zombie apocalypse. It was it was really, I don't think you could have imagined any worse because there's a lot of Chinese tourists would have come here. Mm. It was basically, the country was closed for 18 months. So it was, Gosh. it was horrific, especially for, for the locals really suffered the most. Well, the human factor is obviously absolutely undeniable, but you know, what, what we kind of often overlook is that trickle down and it was the animals that you started to pay attention to during that time. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, who or what caught your eye and what you decided to do. Um, I've always loved dogs and there's a lot of street dogs in Thailand and you know you probably have a stereotypical image of street dogs maybe in India or Thailand or Philippines or countries like that and if you haven't been there it's quite hard to understand if you have traveled to these countries it's less so but there's eight million street dogs in Thailand which is a lot of street dogs and they live everywhere from the you know outside the 7-eleven to uh, outside people's houses and the jungle and it's completely out of control to be honest and if you're not a dog lover it's quite intimidating mm. and not very clean and you know there, there's a lot of downsides to it but mainly the animals suffer uh, horrendously um from everything from disease humans cars they they have everything going against them so i started feeding a couple here and there just um, as a lot of tourists do, but it doesn't really help much. I, you know, I would have just felt fed three or four sporadically. But then um, I decided to just had an epiphany one day uh, and just bought a small bag of food, five kg. And I said, OK, I'm going to feed the same dogs, same 10 or so dogs every day. And it started from there. I started feeding 10 dogs and, and it just grew and grew. And where are you now? How many are in your care or, you know, under your watchful eye? Uh, I have three at home, which are just my own dogs. Which <laughs> that is was inevitable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then I have a sanctuary where I've built where we've got 10 at the moment, but that's just built, so that's going to expand. And then I feed 650 every day. <gasps> so I started with um, myself feeding, obviously, 80 dogs, and I still do that every day. But then I was like, okay, this food's quite expensive. How could I scale this up? So I got a little Thai woman uh, who was out of work and we came up with a recipe together for rice and vegetables and meat that was actually cheaper than the the sort of, you know, normal food. So I now distribute that to volunteers. So 650 dogs uh, and it'll be a thousand within a couple of weeks get food every day. That's unbelievable. 
I mean, you moved to Thailand to get out of you know the rat race and that kind of corporate ladder. And could you ever imagine this is, this is where you know you'd be having a chat with me now, beginning of January 2023, about having built a sanctuary and, and supporting, and as I said, you know, really connecting with people all over the world who are behind you. Yeah, genuinely not. I started. I mean. I had an Instagram account that had like 900 followers and I would have been in that world of media and stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I knew that But I started it and I just started sharing photos for my friends and family. I was like, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm just feeding some dogs. And I, I just like exploded because I gave them all little names and uh, characters. And I think it just hit a, a point where, you know, I don't know about you, but I go onto social media and it is just people arguing about politics, yeah, it's, uh, cost of living crisis, uh, arguments about, I don't know, two, two flies crawling up a wall. Like, it's just depressing. So mm. I was like, and charity can be quite depressing as well. You know, pictures of dogs with their heads sort of, uh, you know, yeah. mangled, injured. And I was like, OK, there's got to be a different way to do this. So it's not an easy subject, but I've kind of. I kind of think of it as a little soap opera for dogs. They all have their own little characters, and I, I do kind of edit it to be positive. I don't, I don't want, I don't think people want to log into their phones and see sadness and depression, even though that is the reality. I, I kind of, one in ten posts will kind of explain the bigger picture, but mostly it's quite fun. I think, um, I think what it's really kind of laid out for people is what an impact one person can have for one thing especially some of the battles you've been through, as you say, with addiction and mental health problems for you to be getting so much back from people and so much who must be raising you up and, you know, kind of supporting you all all the way, whether that is with messages on Instagram or, you know, donations from my, you know, trainer addicted hairdresser. Um, But I think a lot of people want to do good, but often don't really know how. Does that make sense? Like we all want to be maybe volunteering or donating, but we need someone to often show us the way. And I think that's what you've done, Niall. Yeah, I think so. And I would have been the most guilty of that myself. Like, I didn't donate to charities. I didn't, like, if I could go back, I would, like, I'm like, why did I not just go and walk dogs on a Saturday in a shelter? Like, it makes me so happy. Uh, and in some ways, I think it's kind of nearly a, not a selfish thing to do, but it makes you so happy. Like, I swear to God, walking the dogs or feeding the dogs, like, I come away from that with, like, a natural high. And I'm like, they should nearly be charging you to do it because it's so, it makes you feel so good, you know? So, I regret, yeah, I do get what you're saying. People, it's so, the problems can be so big and daunting and scary that you wouldn't know where to start or mm-hmm. your $10 isn't going to make a difference to the bigger picture. Or So, um, yeah, I think that's a that's definitely something that people have. But I have like little girls who will, uh, I think a lot of moms show their kids the dogs maybe to like uh, keep them quiet or put them to sleep or you know that sort of thing <laughs> that's so, me uh, that's me being like look here's Derek have you seen like I'm the one I am oh, showing really? my daughters yeah because we're dog lovers you know we've just oh, in the UK we're bothering all the dogs but I think you know whether it's showing canine friends here you know fostering or as you as you're helping dogs who might not have a hope otherwise so do you get lots of families then sending some pocket money your way yeah, that's what I was uh, literally going to say, like little girls who sent their pocket money and I'm like, it might be a fiver or something. And I'm like, oh, my God, the pressure of that <laughs> like fiver that I have to spend. Like you have to, I, I don't know, it just feels so momentously important to, to look after that little girl and, Aww. you know, show something positive back. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's 
it's more than uh, ultimately it's more than me i think it just gives people a little bit of hope it does uh, it does a little and lift in life i can't ask you in january without asking about plans or hopes for the future and that could be personal it could be to do with a sanctuary but you know what would you love to see come come alive and come into effect in 2023 um I am obviously always stupidly optimistic. Like I, I've feeding, I want to 10x everything. So like I've got, I, 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 it's funny I said like corporate world and stuff like that, but now I'm kind of like the first time feeding the 650 dogs, I was like, I never want to see a spreadsheet again. And now it's like, oh, 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 we kind of need, <laughs> need a spreadsheet for this. So um, I, I really want to get to feeding uh, about 60,000 dog meals a month. And I want to most importantly sterilize dogs, which is like neutering or s- uh, stopping them having babies because that's mm-hmm. the only way to fix it. Um, so I'm going to try and sterilize about five or 6,000 this year, um, but maybe more. Um, and ultimately my goal is there's 250, maybe 500 million street dogs in the world, depending on where you look. And I want to half that in the next uh, 20 years. So I've dedicated my life to it. I don't care about possessions or house. I live in a cheap little apartment and all I do is focus on the dogs. So I, I want to try and improve the quality of dogs around the world. So like that might be, I know there's problems in the Middle East quite a lot. I know there's problems in Turkey and Pakistan and the Philippines. So... This is hopefully only the start of what I'm doing. Well, Niall, you're an absolute inspiration. I can't think of a better guest for the first week of January. Thank you so much for sharing your story and the impact that one person can have on a community. Yes, a community of dogs, but also a community of people around the world who are all rooting for you. So happy new year to you, sir. Wishing you all the very best. We'll see you on Instagram, I'm sure. We've had a number of people asking for the account. It's Niall.Harbison, uh, Niall with two L's. So if you want that, drop me a little message on 4001. I will send you the link. The donation link is in there as well. All the very best to you and the gang, all 650 of them. And uh, <laughs> hopefully looking forward to following your progress because I've got a feeling by the look in your eye, all of that is very much achievable. If not this year, then certainly next 20 dedicated your life Niall and thank you so much for all the work you do take care sir thank you Niall Harvison speaking to us from Thailand um, if you want his details drop me a little message on 4001 and thank you for downloading this episode of the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast don't forget you can subscribe you'll get it direct to your phone as soon as it's out and you can listen to me live on Dubai I 103.8 Monday to Friday between 2 and 5 p.m. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.